0: Hey everyone, it's Will and James here. Welcome to The Pure Sport Project. We want to jump into the minds of people we find inspiring from all walks of life. Bringing you their stories, lessons learned along the way and future plans. So tune in for some of them wholesome yarns.
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to The Pure Sport Project. We are joined this week by Emma McQuaid, two times CrossFit Games athlete or three times. times? Two times. Two times CrossFit Games athlete fittest in ireland five times
2: uh yeah three times a few years been uk uk northern ireland ireland yeah over the years
1: and just all-round legend basically i'll let you do your own intro miss out anything but yeah after you hey me yeah yeah introduce yourself tell us a bit about you
2: so emma yeah crossway crossway games athlete also competed at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 over in the Gold Coast. Background is quad bike racing. Uh, previous to starting CrossFit, raced in a few international races, and then obviously Ireland, UK, also out for that. Um, yeah, basically we're doing CrossFit now for competitively from kind of like 2015, 2016. Been the regionals four times and the games twice.
0: Mightily impressive, pretty good CV right there. I've done zero of those things ever. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: like, I did a bit of digging on you. I did a bit of wow. digging and I found out that you did quad biking since you were six years old.
2: Yep.
1: And you went to, was it like world championships in Cookville, Tennessee?
2: Uh, so in Nashville. Yeah. Nashville. So in Nashville, yeah. So I, I raced at Loretta Lynn's Ranch Yeah. Uh, over in uh, Nashville. So yeah, I went over there in 2000 and 12 or 2013 and I won my first ever professional women's uh, race and I got asked to actually go pro back then and then unfortunately my partner had an accident the week after and then quad racing kind of just took a back burner from from then. But yeah, no, fairly successful in, in quad racing previous to the cross up.
1: How did you get into quad bike racing? I know one person growing up
2: yeah, so my we I literally got an electric quad for one for Christmas when I was like two years old, and I think my dad realised that I was absolutely crazy, and uh, got me like a, a proper quad bike. Then the next year, and he was like, "Wow, well, I think this kid could actually be quite good at this year." And yeah, just you can't you can't legally race until you're six years old, so we just held out till I was six. Um, started racing when I was six and basically, yeah, never, never stopped basically until I was 24.
1: That's sick. I went to a few races when I was younger with a friend of mine and they had like a big truck that they loaded their quad bikes into the back of, and the truck was converted, had beds and things and they'd stay there the whole weekend. Is that the kind of thing that you used to do?
2: Yeah. 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 So like a lot of, a lot of people, we, I, I rather stay in a hotel to be honest. Like, um, so we just, we had a van. And then we always just used to um, just stay in a nice hotel anytime we traveled anywhere because uh, we were like, well, you may as well leave the mess somewhere else. So <laughs> 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 just uh, with the motorhome and stuff, you just have so much more preparation. So we were we were just a van and trailer kind of family. And uh, if we were going anywhere, we'd just stay in a nice hotel as a family. So it's actually, for us, it was quite nice because you had a nice childhood, you know, getting to travel. Well, it's only like Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland and the United Kingdom, but you still got to travel quite a bit as a kid, getting to do a lot of races. And then as an adult, racing Italy, France, America, so Spain. So you've got got to travel about quite a bit doing the racing, which has been awesome
1: it is there different types of racing in quad biking or is it very much just like start to finish, go, go as fast as you can?
2: Uh, yeah, so, like, um, so the racing is basically like if anyone follows like motocross, we race on the same like circuits as motocross. So like all the big jumps and stuff I like get there. So the quad, quad racing wouldn't be as big as the motocross scene, but quad racing in Ireland is Like we are the third fastest nation, which is pretty, pretty impressive for such a small island. There's a quad cross of nations every year where obviously the fastest three riders from every country get together and see who's the best nation. So America, like any sport, are usually at the top. And then Ireland has been third now for this last three years. So we've quite a lot of talent that comes out of this this small country, which is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's in most sports as well. Like I think, is it just the culture in Ireland that they're just, a, they're very active people like rugby and like, even like CrossFit, like some of the Irish athletes
2: yeah, become, some our, thinking, some no? our guys are, are ridiculous, you know, in Ireland, I think just the girl side of things is just a wee bit lagging behind, but again, like we've got some, we've some unbelievable, I think in the next, like maybe three years, we're going to have, we're going to have another female Irish games athlete for sure.
1: Yeah. Who would that be? You're gonna drop names?
2: Uh, I don't wanna give You're anyone good. a big head. I just they know who they are.
1: So, <laughs> they're jinxing it if you say their name. <laughs>
2: so uh, they they know right. they know they're up they know they're up and coming and uh mm-hmm. definitely uh, yeah they they know who they are. But I'm not okay. gonna give them a big name. <laughs> big head.
1: <laughs> Alright, so then that was like your childhood. Was it very much just quad biking or was there anything else that you did?
2: Yeah, hey, so um, I did, used to do cross country as a kid. Um, I played Gaelic football up until I was about 16, sixteen, seventeen. Um, I just couldn't take a beating anymore. Um, I was a small, smaller kid. Um, I think I was on the I was on the senior team from I was like fourteen. So every weekend I was coming home with a black eye or bus lip, uh, <laughs> something ribs or anything like the senior girls. They were. They were big units in comparison to me. So, yeah, we pull, pulled out of that, I think, when I was about 16. I couldn't take any more black eyes and bust, bust lips. So I um, tried my hand at rugby once, won matching, and uh, ruptured my ACL. Um, that was not a very successful Ooh. career. <laughs> it was well done.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to venture back to that now. I mean, How long were you alive. in
0: the rugby game for to have that injury?
2: Yeah, Literally, yeah, one, one match, like I did, did a full off season, did one, played one game and that was me. I didn't even make it to halftime. <laughs> <Wow. landed. So, laughs> um, uh, I, I would love to try my hand at it in game. I think I'm a hell of a lot. I'm not big, but I'm a hell of a lot stronger. now. I think I'd be able to handle those girls a bit better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then how did it, how did you then transition into CrossFit? Like what was your first, because I think there's always that, that point when someone discovers CrossFit for the first time, they do that first workout and they're like, what the fuck is this? And then they're kind of hooked.
2: Yeah. So it was actually quite, quite strange. I initially found it when I was in America, we were actually training in California and the gym I was training at, I, we were with there for six weeks and I kind of like stumbled upon CrossFit. It was just in like a global gym. They were doing it in a gymnasium. Got stuck into it over there for a few weeks, came back home, couldn't really find many CrossFit gyms. Then I found one, started up just like a wee page ago. Can I just do a drop in here? I'm not signing up to this carry on just yet. Mm-hmm. And I think the gym owner was furious. He was like, what do you mean you're not signed up? You have to sign up. And I was like, Nope. I'm paying a drop in. I don't buy this just yet, and uh, <laughs> I actually signed up. There was a it was called a Fitness Titanic Fitness uh, Championships. So I was like, I signed up for that. I was like, Oh, I'm fit. I'll do this. And uh, yeah, it was a full blown CrossFit competition. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you uh, do? I, I took fourth. Oh, nice. Yeah, I took fourth. I made it to the final. Uh, there was handstand push-ups, and uh, the girl that actually won it, she taught me how to do handstand push-ups. In the warm-up area. <laughs> so yeah, that was me. I was completely hooked. My only goal, like in my life at that point, then was to win that competition the following year. Yeah. Um. So I, w- I went and I won it the following year, and then that was me on the path to regionals and where I am now.
1: What year was that?
2: Uh, that was in I think it was two thousand and fourteen. And then I won that in, I think, 2015, and then I went to my first regionals in 2015.
0: Where do you think this competitive nature comes from? Because it sounds like from as early back as your life was, you've always been competing in something. So was there, is there a moment you remember as a kid that, that drove you to this, or did it come from parents, families, anything like that?
2: Yeah, I don't know, because my mom and dad aren't competitive at all. Like there's, they don't come, they don't, didn't do really any sports as kids. They weren't, they've never, never done like a sport or anything. And as far as I know, like either was my Nana or Granda or anyone competitive. So my mom and dad still to this day, I don't know where they got me from. Like I still think I'm the postman's or someone's because <laughs> I have no one else. Like my brother's slightly competitive, but like they're, they're nowhere near as, they're nowhere near as bad as me. And like my sister has no competitiveness at all. So I honestly don't know. I'm just a psycho.
0: You took it all for the McQuaid family.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do they support you like in terms of your competitions and stuff like that? Do they come to everything?
2: Yeah. Like mom and dad went to every single quad racing I've ever done. Uh, the only one they weren't that was in America. And then yeah, every single, every single CrossFit event, like if I let them, they will come.
1: So do they like, because obviously you're competitive, but when they go there, do they kind of get competitive in like supporting you in terms of like, do they get riled up or are they very just like, oh yeah, you did well. And even if like you don't win, are they still like quite supportive or are they like rooting oh, yeah. For
2: you? yeah, like they were at Filthy 150 and stuff and that's the last live event they were at with me and like, they're just quiet, they're quiet in the background, they'll just come over and, um, you know, after one of the events, I, did, I think I came second in it and like, you know, just come over afterwards and they'll just be like, well done. <laughs> you know, it's just that we smile, but uh, like they're, they are extremely proud. And like my sister, my sister's a massive supporter as well. And I have my wee niece and nephew and they're like my two biggest supporters. So they are, yeah. they, they'll be shouting, they'll do more shouting than anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So like, you're probably one of like the proper not like the OG, OG Crossfits, not from like the 2012s, like not that kind of far back. But I feel like in UK CrossFit, you're obviously like one of the originals because you've gone through like the, all the changes that have gone over the years, like how the Open has changed, how it's gone from regionals to sanctionals, how the Open has changed again, how the Games mm-hmm. have changed. So how do you think that the Games is going to go from now on? And do you like how it is now or do you prefer it back when it was like open regionals and you had this kind of structured season?
2: Um, Yeah, so it's just a little bit like daunting more so probably for the European athletes. I think, you know, obviously like David's daughter has to come home from the US where previously um, in the regionals format she could have competed in America. Um, so I think it just makes because you have to compete now under your passport, it really makes it really, really difficult for the European athletes. Because, um, yeah, like, we obviously have so many champions within Europe. Like, if you just even think like of Briggsy, daughter and Annie, like, there's three, three past champions that that we have to, to you know, we have to try and compete with for 10, 10 places. So it isn't, it isn't a lot, really. So probably the old regionals format would have been probably a wee bit nicer. Just out of a selfish point of view, that the likes of Briggsy would still be competing in America because she lives there now, and Davis Otter would still be in America because she lives there now. So more so for like a, a selfish athlete point of view, mm. it would be like a little bit more like spread out. Think back to 20, 2018, 2019 regional. I mean, sorry, games. Like there was like twelve twelve Europeans in the top twenty. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I there's only ten getting to the games.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
2: So, you know, you are weakening the field as such, you know, because there is so many European, Europe, the Europe is undoubtedly the strongest female region in the world.
0: Let's make it a Ryder Mm -hmm. Cup. Particularly, particularly us US versus
2: versus Europe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, and you're, you're getting, I think now it's 20 or 25 American athletes, men, men and women. Men's side, 100%, yes. But like on the women's side, to pick 25 Americans, it's like, you know, there's maybe fifteen great Americans, and then there's ten good Americans. So you're just kind of like, well, Europe maybe should have got like five of those spots. And you know, I think it needs it needs to be, I don't know, better laid out to the to the athlete pool. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, they need to think right. There was twelve U- Europe athletes last year, right? Well, we're taking two spots away, or you know, or whatever.
1: Yeah. Did you prefer the whole like sanctionals thing then? Cause I guess you could just go wherever you want and depending on what other things you've got in the season and you've got various attempts to get yourself to the games.
2: Yeah, it was quite nice because like that's uh, we were actually speaking about that there the other day. It was just lovely to be able to actually travel, you know, like I, I, I was actually meant to be coming home from America cause uh, I had my flights booked cause West Coast Classic was meant to be on but obviously covid so i should already been coming home from america yesterday from west coast classic so you know there's just a lot of i think like travel opportunities missed now because you're not going to really get to you know you're just going to be inside europe now yeah you just you know now right well i'm only going to europe where beforehand it was like oh i can get the dubai west coast classic i really want to do waterpalooza and then you know travel and just see a wee bit more of the world as well
1: yeah I know. I think there was plenty of opportunity there to earn yourself some pocket money as well. Like, you yeah. know, like Dubai and waterpalooza and like the bigger, more established competitions. The money that you could get just from maybe an event win was probably bigger than some of the first place prizes from some of the other sanctional competitions. So,
2: yeah, like West Coast Classic and- was paying down to twentieth place. Yeah. Yeah, like so, like you know, you are you know, in the same as Dubai. Like everyone got paid. So. You know, you were going over there knowing like at least your your flights and your accommodation that kind of thing was paid for until you get to see a bit of the world.
1: What was the Dubai one like? Because I think they've got such potential because they've got such a big backing from just like the people that organise it. Was it as good as it looked from a distance?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was really, yeah. really good fun. Like I was I was gutted to not do it the last year, obviously it was held. But I, I just chose to take an off season. I chose to do filthy one fifty and skip Dubai then to do Strength and Depth, which I think if if anyone knew the world was going to be shut down for nearly two years, I think I would have done every single competition there was going. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Like and it's definitely on my radar to to do again. I'm not missing another opportunity to to, to go to the, Dubai.
1: Yeah. I think the first time we ever met was the was it the international functional fitness competition at lee <laughs> valley yeah yeah. Think, you probably don't even remember this but i think i came up to you and i was like oh are, are you this person i said someone else's name and i think it was you and sam were warming up on the bikes and you were like no that's not my name and i was like oh yeah. my god i've just called someone by the wrong name felt like such a helmet nice. um, <laughs> i didn't remember that but that has literally scarred me for life um, yeah, I, I was so new to the game. I didn't know who anybody was. Like, I was just turning up to this random event. That's I probably. wouldn't have bought that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
2: definitely remember that. Oh, I, I, do know. Like at that at that competition in particular, I was so nervous because uh, my coach put me into that competition with zero prep, and I just came off like a massive, like nearly, I think, a year and a half kind of like rebuild fears And he was like, ah, just do a competition. And I was like, I haven't done CrossFit for 18 months. I was like, don't do this to me. So I was like full on freaking out, like doubting my uh, like athletic ability. So I was probably... Um, yeah, it was probably a mess. And then whenever you call me something else, I was like, just get out of my face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what happened with that? Like I haven't heard much from that kind of competition. Cause I think the plan for them was to take CrossFit to the Olympics and make it like a properly recognized sport. But I haven't heard much about those competitions since that year. I think they did another one in Sweden, like the following year, but.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah. So they went to Sweden and then I think they lost quite a big, like pool of athletes kind of thing because no one wouldn't like I didn't want to travel or whatever for it um which wasn't convenient at the time but I think they kind of like they planned their year in around like the games and stuff so like I think that competition was like a week or so after the games. so like it never really attracted the big athletes because like how they led the season out Um, and the like crazy like qualifying processes it was like Two, three, four weeks or whatever, with multiple workouts. So their format just wasn't as attractive, I think, because it was just so like it was just a real hindrance to your to your training sort of thing. Versus just right here's here's the workouts, get it done, submit it kind of thing. It nearly just felt like a big draw out process. Um, But they they did a good job, and I'd refer to them. And they did a masters one there uh last year i think it was yeah last year because I had, a, I had two masters um do it they both finished second in their division and then kelly frail and stuff they got there she won the female masters and so like they they, they're, they still are they still are going and they did a really good job to be fair if they're online mm-hmm. uh, format
1: i remember looking at the qualifiers and thinking absolutely not like <laughs> they looked so bad
2: yeah some of their workouts are crazy like so yeah but they do they do think outside the box for sure
1: yeah, like bad in a good way like i think they were well programmed and i was like
2: oh yeah yeah like they're, they're yeah. freaking horrible they're like a proper <laughs> test of fitness i was like "Nah,
1: <laughs> nah, that's gonna hurt i'm yeah. gonna avoid that for sure so like while we're recording this is to probably go out in a few weeks yet but we're smack bang in the middle of the 2021 open you've done your first workout the war well, walks one and done yeah, you wouldn't tell me a school when I you. But um, what did you think of that first one?
2: Yeah, it was, it was fine. Like, it was one of those workouts. Um, like, you would get better every time you'd, you'd done it. Like, I made three re- really stupid mistakes that, I'd say, cost me, like, 30 seconds. Easily 30 seconds. Just not uh, practicing and enough before I started. I think I came into the gym, did four wall walks. I was like, let's go. <laughs> I was like, I want to kick cracked on with my training here. So yeah, I just probably, I didn't put a huge amount of thought or effort into the workout. I just did what I had to do to to get a score yeah, on the I board for week one. This
1: Open is very different to previous Opens, especially the, the last one, because this one is very much just, as long as you're in that 10%, you make it to the next stage. Whereas I think the previous one was, you were going for number one, because that qualifies you for the game so the stress yeah. from previous years must have been so much higher in comparison to what it is now
2: yeah big time like uh, my like this past like um two years like i've had a set of goals during the open this is like my first year really not having a goal which it is quite weird and i don't I actually don't like it i think i kind of miss the pressure because it does make make me compete a lot better so yeah so like last year obviously uh, my goal my only goal in the open was to finish top 10 in the world Um, I just have always wanted it and you know obviously I, I made it I finished seventh in the world which was which was like which was awesome I ticked the box for for that for that stage Um, where yeah so I put a lot of pressure on myself I did the first workout three times and I did all the rest of the workouts two times Um, so yeah but this year it's just like oh just have to do it. it nearly it nearly feels like mm-hmm. a hindrance you know it's just like oh yeah it's done here but um yeah i definitely yeah. i missed the pressure
1: you say you did that first workout last year three times was that the ground to overhead burpees
2: yeah <laughs>
1: oh my god that was one of the worst workouts i have ever done and i remember looking at the leaderboard because you won that didn't you like worldwide and i remember looking at the leaderboard and it was you and then there was a gap and then there was sam yeah. and then there was a gap and i think it was sarah sigma's daughter uh
2: yeah i think so yeah
1: and then there was a gap and then there was everyone else. And it was just like, you three were so far ahead of everyone, but each one of you was further ahead than the other one. I was like, how has someone gone this fast? And I think you must've posted a video of you doing it. And I remember watching you like do the burpees and I was like, how was this even possible to get this amount of work done in the time that you did it? But yeah. Why did you do it three times? Uh,
2: so I wasn't meant to do it three times. So I did it on Friday and I just wasn't happy with my attempt. And I was like, right, I'm going to go again. So I went on Monday with a new plan and I would have still won worldwide on my second attempt, but I cut my arms out of the video. So
0: you oh, nice. didn't
2: see the barbell. Um, so yeah, I had to, uh, luckily I looked at my video as soon as I came home uh, from doing it. I was absolutely buzzing whenever I got, it. I think my second attempt was like 750 or something like that it was still Soviet and, um, 751. And, uh, yeah, I looked at my video. I was like, Oh my God, my head is not in this. So I started crying. (laughs) I was like, I messaged Briggsy straight away. I was like, I've cut my head out of my video. (laughs) And I messaged my partner and he rang me straight away. I was like, look, just, you just have to go out and do it. And I was like, I have no time to drive back to the gym because the gym was 30 minutes away. And I was like, I'm working in an hour. And I was like, I won't make it to the gym and back again in an hour. So he was like, Well, you're just gonna have to do it here. And I was like, But I'm not allowed to do it here. So then I had to look up the rules. And um I think I messaged Briggs because she's obviously a lot more, she knows everything. So she does. And um I was like, I can't make it to the gym, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, go and do it in your gym. You just have to upload your video. Um so I had to upload my video um for like CrossFit to, to verify it, which was like so stressful. Yeah, so I, I went and I went like seven forty, seven forty or something, and then I got like two, mm-hmm. I got a penalty for a false start. So the but I still I still beat my original time anyway, which was which was awesome. Um so yeah, no warm up, straight in, three three attempts later.
1: <laughs> That's absolutely so, so that workout I remember I remember watching, I think it was Froning. I think froning did it didn't it, on the on the live announcement yeah and i remember going to the gym on the friday night and doing it at my gym and i looked at the clock at the halfway point after five rounds and i was going faster than froning and i thought i have no business going this fast <laughs> and then i remember from that point on my world just ended yeah. and i remember getting back to the bar and my coach you know when they g you up and they, well probably not for you because you probably just don't stop moving but i stopped and i looked at the bar and my coach was like yeah three to, to G me up to get me. And I looked at her and I was like, nah, nah, sorry, I can't do it. It's only like a 42 kilo bar. And I was like, I can't lift it. I'm just going to have to stare at you for a bit. Cause yeah, I'm not doing it. And that was probably one of the worst workouts I've ever done. And then I went back in on the Monday and redid it with a game plan and went so much slower at the start and was like, okay, if I do around every one oh five or or something like that, I'll be done in this time. And it was a breeze and I beat my score by probably two minutes. Yeah and was nowhere near as bad. But yeah, it just shows that a bit of pacing, but the fact that you did it twice in a day.
2: Oh, it was twice within like two and a half hours. Twice within two hours, I think it
1: was. It literally makes makes like zero sense. And the fact that not only did you beat your previous score, but you got the best score in the world is just so ridiculous. Um, But yeah, kudos to you. (laughs)
2: Psycho, Um, told you, (laughs) there's not much going on between the, between the years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So like, you've got a bit of weightlifting experience. You've got, have you competed for Ireland? Yeah. Am I right in saying that?
2: Um, so Northern Ireland for a commonwealth games yeah.
1: Yeah. How was that?
2: Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. So just being over in the, in the athlete village. Yeah. It was just like, it was once in a lifetime experience. Just like, obviously we were in the athlete village for nearly two and a half, two and a half, nearly three weeks. And it was just really cool because everyone walked about in their, like their uniform. So you did. So we had like obviously our Northern Ireland tops and then, you you know, Australia was walking towards you or, uh, New Zealand was, New Zealand was actually, their house was straight across from our house. So every time, uh, a new team came in, they all did the hack outside. And, oh, it, was, it was awesome. Wow. Like it was really cool. Yeah. Um, so you just got the wee bit of everyone, everyone's culture, um so it was awesome and then like I met some like I was obviously in the gym every single day because like there was a gym in in the athletes village um so yeah I I met I met so many people and like people I still speak to um because they were like you're a weightlifter why are you in the gym doing cardio and I was like I'm a crossfitter doing weightlifting and they were like ah right (laughs) um because like I was every single day in the gym where like the the normal weightlifters did their 90 minute session and then that was them for the day and i was like that was a warm-up <laughs> so yeah i got yeah i got really friendly with quite a, quite a few people and yeah it was, it was it was really really good atmosphere i'd definitely love to, to, do, to do it again
1: yeah how how far are you off your numbers at the moment like
2: oh yeah way, way above them all now
1: you're above them now yeah, yeah. how much above them
2: Um, I haven't like maxed out at all, but like, yeah, my clean and jerk would probably be like 10, 10 kilos more. Um, snatch would be about five, six kilos more.
1: That's no joke. And that's purely just kind of CrossFit CrossFit training, like mixed modal stuff. Yeah. Not even just like pure weightlifting. No, that's ridiculous. So like, would you say Weightlifting was probably like your best part of your CrossFit because obviously there's so many different elements to CrossFit, but you've got to be well-rounded, but there's going to be certain things that you think you're best at.
2: Um, yeah, so probably more so back in 2016, 2017, uh, you could have said like a barbell workout, I would have been rightly up there. Um, I think now I've leveled that out now. Back in 2016, I would never have won that open workout last year. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely... I, I think I'm more well-rounded. I don't have a wheelhouse anymore. I definitely don't. Um, like the workouts in 2016, I would have, I would have won or would have been good at. I'm probably maybe not as good at now. But then the workouts that really would have hurt me in 2016 wouldn't hurt me now. If you get me. Yeah. So I think I'm. I think I'm more like your third, fourth, fifth, sixth place finisher now versus win a workout and finish twentieth in a workout.
1: Yeah, I think that is CrossFit competitions in general. Like if you're if you don't have a wheelhouse and you're just kind of very good at a lot of things, as opposed to the best at one thing and not so good at something, over the course of a competition, you'll probably bump yourself up the leaderboard and you'll probably yeah. do quite well.
2: Yeah, that's what I find. Like uh, a Filthy 150 was kind of like the last kind of like test of shots, you know, like in a live competition. And like it was fairly well rounded. You know, we had the first workout, which was like handstand walks and um, erg, which was mainly like a test of how fast you can do handstand walks. And like you know, I finished like third in that workout. Then like we had a max lift, and I was like maybe fifth in that workout. And then we had like a gymnastics workout. I think my worst place finish was actually the lifting, um, which for me was like oh wow, <laughs> you know, it was actually nearly a shock. But it, it was it was it was really really good because um, obviously I I podiumed at that competition against Kristen Holt and obviously Sarah Sigmund's daughter. So um, it just showed obviously I'd, I'd kind of brought my weaknesses up and my strengths kind of i think everything kind of met met in the middle versus you know i always usually would have shot out of the gate with like really high results and then back end of the weekend uh, i would have just went downhill so and that was that was a good weekend for us um and just learned a lot about me as an athlete and just being able to piece it all together
1: yeah i thought that competition was so well programmed there were some things in there that there were so such simple differences to previous competitions like the rope climb one where he had to do like touch and go rope climbs i thought yeah. something like that that i think some competitions try to over complicate things and throw in a movement that you know is just so ridiculous but yeah. just to add in a, a twist to a rope climb like that i thought the guys that programmed was it jamie is that his name from filthy that programmed it i thought was incredible and the bag the kind of the, the sandbag, bag what was that called like
2: the alternating alternating thrusters like they were horrific yeah. so yeah, they were, yeah. it was such a it was, it was fantastic like it was you know strength fitness uh like you know like you had to be like stability for that big heavy dumbbell to have one up one down coordination like you definitely tick, ticked all the boxes there and then even uh, the bike and run out, outside you know that was that was different as well yeah pretty cool
1: So you've got two games caps, I guess you could call them, but they were two very different experiences. You've obviously got the one in 2019, which was actually at the games in Madison. And then you've obviously got the one from last year, which was at home, literally at home. So talk us through those, like, obviously they're very, very different, but talk us through the two different experiences.
2: Yeah. So obviously like the 2019 games, um, I guess a really cool experience and, that's, like, my dream is just to get back there and, and, and to experience it all again. It was just, a, it was very, very stressful in 2019 because you had, after every single workout, there was a cut. So, like, you had no opportunity to just, like, kind of soak it up and enjoy it, you know, because you were just constantly, like, I have to make this cut, you know. So mm-hmm. you didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I would have liked to because you were just you were stressed out kind of thing but yeah all in all it was still awesome like programming was great getting out onto out onto the floor and obviously being in the coliseum was 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 just unbelievable the, the atmosphere and stuff and then obviously uh yeah last year at home um we did the games at, at my house in my outdoor gym um and obviously that was that was awesome like that was yeah. awesome and uh, we had probably got the best weekend of the year as well so we, we hit it uh, luck of the hours as, as they would say, with the weather. So yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really good fun doing it at home.
0: So Emma, it sounds like your output and your desire just to just to go further every time, and especially in CrossFit and what you do. But how do you how do you recover? You've you've referenced you have a few days off or a few a few easy days, but do you have any protocols that that you do every day or every week that help you recover so you bounce back to your best so you can do these absolutely ridiculous feats and movements I don't even know what they are.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so like we kind of like we, we set out a year and a plan um whenever we obviously we have a season. And I, well, I think mainly myself like I'm I'm quite good at like working towards something. And then it's like right, that's the end of that. Now I work towards that and that's the end of that. Because I'll just break break the season down. Um I always write it up on the right hand side of my board out in the gym. Um, at the minute I'm like, there's one tick for the open workout. So we have two more ticks, and that's 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 it. That's that part of the season done. And then you get the quarterfinal done. That's that part of the season done. Um, after quarterfinals, I'm gonna take like a like a kind of chilled week. Um, as soon as, as soon as quarterfinals over, I'm gonna take. Uh, I think it finishes on like the twelfth. Um, I'm gonna take that full week until the following Monday, just to do whatever I want, like. Hopefully swimming pools are open. Usually I like just to like run, bike, swim and just do like conditioning for a week and just no program, just like on, on field each day, just get extra extra sleep, no set alarms, just have like a wee bit more bad food and just kind of like enjoy enjoy getting to cafes and stuff. I'll go up and see my mum and dad, go for lunch with my sister, take my niece and nephew out and just be like a wee bit more like a normal human instead of like train, eat, sleep, train, eat, sleep. And then it'll literally be from, from uh, the week after. It's cracking straight to semi-finals, And then it's just like wee small benchmarks. And then I'll do the same again after semifinals. I'll take a week reset. And then it's all being well. Like, fingers crossed, I'll be prepping then for the games.
1: When, when are the games supposed to be this year? Mm. Like July again?
2: July, yeah.
1: So it's as much
0: a mental break as a physical one.
2: Yeah, yeah, you need a mental break. Like, I'll not, I will not enter that gym for the week after quarterfinals. Like, there's not a chance. Like, if Joyce programmed me, I just won't do it. Like, <laughs> there's no chance. Like, I'll, I'll get out, get out of my racer. I will get out on the roads, get up the up the mountains for a run, walk, hike. Um, I love getting swimming. Um, the week after competition, it just makes you feel just nice and loose. Just get the whole body working and moving um get extra treatment and stuff and i love food so just <laughs> go out for brunch every day with my with my mates
1: so yeah, yeah. so like your training and obviously your recovery and stuff is pretty dialed in but like you just said there you love food are you very strict on that kind of stuff like are you uh, like a macro counter or do you eat intuitively how do you kind of structure is it dealt with by the lads at red pill like james is it dealt with by him or do you have someone separate
2: No. Um, So I tried Jersey's way, didn't like it. Tried uh, counting macros. I absolutely hated it. It added way too much stress into my day. Um, So now I just have a meal prep company that prep all my food fresh twice a week, all just natural ingredients. He's actually like a fresh fruit and veg and he's a butcher. So he's got the two. So the meat's quality. Fresh fruit and veg is absolutely do you want to great. shout
0: them out? Who is this meal prep?
2: Uh, Marshall High. he's a, a, up the country, he's he delivers it down for me, um, on a Monday and a Thursday. So, yeah, <clears throat> I just eat good good food, um, no rubbish, no processed foods. I don't eat any sugar, and I have one takeaway a week, and that's it. So, during during the opening stuff, like we, we had sushi instead of having burgers so we saw that takeaway but just just flipped it around had a wee bit of, wee bit of a healthier option yeah. so yeah but no i think like i i don't i don't track any of that rubbish i just believe it just adds extra stress into your day when it's mm. not needed i think like i know like the best advice my coach ever gave me mm. was if you're hungry eat and if you're not hungry don't
1: yeah i guess just listen to your body it's probably um, the same with training as well as eating like If your body's giving you signals and saying, look, you know, like your knee hurts, you should probably do something about that. It's probably the same with food. If your body's telling you you're hungry, there's a reason it's telling you you're hungry.
2: Yeah. So yeah, like my weight has, my weight stayed exactly the same now for a year and a half. So like we're doing something right.
1: Did it used to fluctuate in the past?
2: Yes. Yeah. So like my biggest thing is I don't, I've just limited dairy. I don't eat a lot of dairy in my diet anymore. And I don't eat, I would eat red meat maybe once every two to three weeks. Um, so I think those two, those two things fluctuated my weight, but now like uh, on a, every single given day, I would be like 64.5 to 64.9 kilos. Yeah. So it would always be within two to three pounds.
1: And is that, I guess like with CrossFit, there is a happy medium of like, you can't be too heavy, but then you can't be too light because like gymnastics will suffer or your weightlifting will suffer. Is this kind of like your sweet spot you feel like?
2: Yeah, in and around to be fair, like sixty five would probably be the would be the sweet spot for me. So yeah, we're all, always always up in and around that there, just slightly below at the moment. But again, that's just obviously the open and just that wee bit extra yeah. stress, maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, and then like we've very recently sent you some pure sport, probably two weeks, a week and a half now. So like, how have you? Incorporated that and like what what have you seen in terms of because you you had mentioned that you'd used CBD before you hadn't used it routinely you kind of just used it here and there but what have we sent you we sent you the oil and we sent you the balm how have you felt that's helped you
2: yeah so we chatted obviously just before I I got the product and I was telling you some um, trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep so yeah I've been trying uh, the CBD now and I've definitely found that I'm sort of drifting over to sleep a lot easier. Beforehand, I was kind of like just lying there, okay, like go to sleep, um, i just go to sleep, close your eyes and go to sleep, stop mm-hmm. thinking, go to sleep. Um, so I just find I'm, I'm getting getting to sleep uh, a lot easier. And the BAM I find it great. I actually had a little bit of uh, sort of like a twinge in my elbow. Nothing serious, didn't affect anything. It was just like a wee bit meh. Yeah, it's 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 really settled down. So it has, um, so yeah.
1: Yeah, must be something. some magic
2: cream in there to help <laughs> but i think we're, we're settling the inflammation in around that elbow anyway it's great
1: yeah do you track your sleep like do you have like a whoop or anything like that that you it's
2: uh, yeah, so just my garmin yeah so i usually average um about nine hours i would say nine hours to nine and a half hours a night so we're on we're on at the minutes yeah average of nine That's hours a lot.
1: <laughs> i think mine's That's like nice. six and a half And
2: i die. Six and a half for me,
1: like six and a half, seven is a good amount for me, I think. Is that something you, uh, like aware of, like very conscious of going to bed at a particular time or particularly having like a, a nighttime routine, like pre-bed?
2: Yeah, for sure. Last night was actually a late night. Um, and my partner actually, he, he knew it was, he was, he was out last night. Uh, he was helping one of my friends with his quad bike. Uh, David's still active in the quad racing. Um, so he was helping one of my clients. Uh, He races and they were working at the quad. So he wasn't home till half 10. And I was like, yo, I was like, what do you add? I was like, it's the open. He was like, I told Mark. (laughs) Because David would be quite good at, you know making sure like he's in bed too so he doesn't uh disrupt me uh, like disturb me and um, so was like <laughs> oh i'm sorry <laughs> so uh yeah no normally normally we're in bed for like 9 30 sleeping for 10 and then up again the next morning at like quarter past seven It's
1: pretty good what so what is your nighttime routine do you have like a nice tea do you have do you do some stretching like what do you do
2: Yeah. So usually in the evenings, I'll just do like go wad, just either like upper body or thoracic, lower body, just depends where it's tight or stiff. And then I'd have a sleepy tea, apple, I think apple and mint. It's quite nice. And then, uh, yeah, just, I just take the drops just as I'm about to get a shower and then in the bed.
1: Yeah. Nice. So like, by the time this comes out, we would have had our new launch of our three new ones. I think, have you had a a message today to say it was arriving?
2: Uh, I haven't as of yet. No.
1: Okay. I think it got sent out yesterday, maybe today. Um, So these three new products boost clarity and unwind. I've sent you some info, I think a little bit of information about the products, but I think of the three of those, have you had a read, read through the information?
2: Um, no. (laughs)
1: <laughs> at least you're honest though eh?
2: um all tonight so i was like i'll find out then anyway
1: yeah okay so th- those three new products um obviously like boost clarity and unwind ones kind of to get you going ones to help with a bit of like mental clarity and then the last one is kind of that bedtime one to help with with your sleep of those three which one would you think would be most beneficial for you um
2: probably at the moment to unwind then obviously I think I just need like <laughs> I think once like I know I'm going to the stage, the semi-finals. Like I'll be I'll be back fine, able to sleep and chill out a little bit more. Um, so then probably the the first boost. one, which boost. one do you, the boost the boost? Yeah, yeah. yeah, in the mornings, like I'm a slow starter. Yeah, I'm a slow starter. Um, so yeah, I think the boost in the mornings would be great.
1: What's your morning routine?
2: I get up straight away. At, with with David. At 7.15, I literally chill with Ellie, my little Frenchie for 10, 15 minutes. She loves cuddles in the morning. Uh, and then I'm literally straight out into the gym and crack in for session one. Usually I'm finished by session one for like 9.30 in the morning.
1: Yeah, I guess if you've got four 90-minute sessions during a day, you need to start getting going with them pretty early, eh?
2: Yeah, like you can get backlogged <laughs> quite yeah. early. Like Because I like to chill for about uh, between sessions, like at least, at least 90 minutes.
1: Yeah. I'm very really envious hours. of your session, of your gym that you've got set up at home. Like it is incredible, but it, do you train by yourself?
2: Um, yes, yes. Uh, I'm lucky at the moment we have a little bubble going on, um, with a few of my, few of my guys, and um, we've kind of stayed together from basically last March, <laughs> so we have, um, there's been like three of us, so um so yeah i have like it's quite good like usually one of them no one joins me for the morning shifts by the way ever <laughs> so, but um they, they all kind of like i would get company for like my afternoon and evening sessions
1: is that your preference you don't want them to join you or is it because they don't want to do those particular sessions or what is it
2: they won't get up um yeah none of them none, none of them will be here before like 11 o'clock so,
1: I like to get it done in the morning, just get it done in the bank for the day. But I guess if you've got four ninety-minute sessions, yeah, there's just a lot of training to get done for the day. Eh? Yeah,
2: so like it's not like they are usually like they are they they're doing their own training, but I'll just have company in the gym, which is mm-hmm. like, it's like,
1: yeah, nice. Okay, so twenty one point two is coming up in a couple of days tomorrow, yeah. actually yeah. tonight technically. uh, Predictions, go on. What have you got?
2: Um. Yeah, I kind of think it might be a two-part workout. Um, oh, you posted this, didn't you? Yeah. I saw this, yeah. yeah. So two, two-part 2 workout, something, I think there's going to be a box and I think there could be a dumbbell. Um, and then finishing with a max lift or something heavy or complex. I'd love a complex, to be honest.
1: You think, see, I think because of this, the style of it is, and I think it'll be like hard and fast kind of gassy workouts to begin with just because I think a lot of people will be doing them at home. I don't think they'll do a max lift. Maybe.
2: Yeah. I don't know, but I, that's me hoping. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I still think there might be a two-parter like, cause there needs to be a bit of a, like a separation now after week one.
1: Yeah. And then final week, what do you reckon?
2: The final week, it's always thrusters and chest bar or thrusters and bar face and burpees or you know, I think like there's very, few, very, very few years we're finished, not finished without thrusters.
1: Yeah. Do you prefer this way of doing it? Like having, I guess we haven't had experience yet, but doing the open quarterfinals, semifinals, or would you rather go back to the sanctionals or would you rather go back to regionals? What is your preferred way of doing it, do you reckon?
2: Um, probably the, ah, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. The regionals was, regionals was hard to beat cause you knew exactly what you had to do, to proceed um for the sanctionals it got quite messy like i think if you took out the national champs and then you i don't know you maybe just use the open as you know even just like the top 10 athletes in the world and the rest of the qualify through sanctionals mm-hmm. make it even more of like a a dog fight and like are you gonna go go at this here like and it would make it really competitive again and um, you look at the leaderboard and you're like wow like you nearly don't know a lot of the names on the first page where beforehand it was like Sarah, Annie, Holday, Briggsy, Jamie Green. You know, it was just like the the usual names where it's like, you look at the leader where like, like I was I, like, I was like, who, who, who is one of these? But obviously every year there's so many good athletes coming through. But, you yeah, know, I don't know, maybe like a hybrid version, like top 10 athletes um, out of the Open and then 10 sanctional events where... I don't know, maybe the podium goes, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. So that would leave your 40 athletes.
1: Yeah. It got quite confusing, didn't it? In 2019, the people were like backfilling from certain competitions. And if you went as fittest of that country, then the person below you at that particular sanction, or that you competed in. And I think it was, was it strength and depth? It was like the top eight females, I think went because of just people got backfield from various other competitions or from the open or something like that. It was such a, like a head fuck trying to work out who was going and who wasn't like, going.
2: Rogue, Rogue invitational. I think like the 18th or 19th place finisher got to the games and you were like, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's, that's insane where like, I think like they should just, yeah, like if they went, cause they usually have 40 athletes. Top 10 worldwide in the open, 10 sanctional events, the podium goes to the, to the games.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the easiest way of doing it, isn't
2: it? You know, because like, and then it would actually feel like a, like a big competition, like a celebration, you know, where all three podiums make the games every time, you know, and you, you've 10 events in multiple locations. It means you're still getting, you'll still get that same pool of athletes there. So, and it's better like sponsor opportunities as well for, for the athletes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so, so I think we, me and you could probably chat about CrossFit all day and will is there like, doesn't know the difference between a, a clean and jerk and a snatch, but yeah. he's going I didn't Yo, I did it when I was 20. I was a CrossFit man for, for a minute. Never. Oh yeah. Will's like, he sent me this video of him doing muscle ups and he makes them look bloody easy to be fair to him. Where was it? It was on a beach
0: somewhere. Yeah, that was, uh, Santa Monica beach. I can just, I can just do a few movements. All right. But if there's a barbell in my hand, um, so like outside of
1: CrossFit at the moment, like what do you do?
2: <laughs> um, there's not a lot to be honest. There isn't time. Um, I do love getting out in the mountain bike. I love not love. Um, I enjoy hiking a little bit little and often because like, on, on a nice day it's quite nice to get up around with some lovely scenery in the moor mountains if it was my choice i would only ride my quad bike when i'm not crossfitting but it doesn't really complement crossfit so i don't do that and um, obviously and am um, with anything that's fast it comes with a risk so i just usually don't i'm not willing to take that risk within the season but yeah outside of that not not much um it's usually just thinking about recovering and Doing what's best to be better the next day for CrossFit, <laughs> so yeah. it's great. And athletes now, it's not that it's not that exciting when you're in season, so it's not yeah. unfortunately. But it is. It's just. So it's, it's short-lived. So, um, it's just what you have to do.
1: Yeah, I guess you have to be quite laser-focused. There is so much to do and so much to improve in CrossFit that you know, like there is. Yeah, like you said, there isn't much time to do anything else. So, like you say, it's quite short-lived how much longer do you reckon you could continue at this level that you're at where, you know, like your body can only take so much, I guess. And with all the recovery protocols in the world, you know, like it's probably only a few years that you could do it. And by the time you probably get to a certain age, your recovery is pretty, is is dwindling. Your recovery ability is dwindling. So how much longer do you reckon you've got in the game basically?
2: Um, To be honest, like, uh, like I feel healthier than I've ever felt probably in my life this past few years. Um, I've touched wood minimal minimal n- niggles and injuries, um, which is always a good sign. So I definitely don't think I'm anywhere near my prime just yet. I think I'm just, just tipping into to to it. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'll I'll try and try and hold out for, for another good and while yet. I definitely won't be hanging up my boots anytime soon.
1: What goals have you got for yourself?
2: Like um, in, I guess
1: this year, let's go to the games, but then in the next two years, three years, five years, what have you got?
2: Uh, yeah, so like, <laughs> how long have you got? Um, yeah, so we've got quite a few goals. Obviously, want to make it back to the CrossFit Games for as many years as I can. Um, I'm going to try and make it back to the Commonwealth Games in 2022 uh, for Northern Ireland. That's in Birmingham. I want to do a couple more quad races. I would love to go back to America and try and just absolutely spank the Americans again. And mm-hmm. just see if I can do it. I haven't done it obviously in flip. I haven't r- raced race, race the call competitively from two thousand and twelve was my last full season. So um yeah, I'm nearly basically nine years out of the game. So uh, I'd love to go back to America and see if I can hang in there with with the American girls and um, try to bring them some trophies. Um and there's a couple of races in, in Europe that I would love to do as well before I before I fully retire.
1: Yeah, nice. Okay, so I think we'll um we'll wrap it up there just because I'm conscious that you've got to get across to your, your physio pretty Oh, she's
2: coming to me. She's oh, going-
1: look at that, the athlete life. Don't even have to leave your house. Love yeah. it.
2: I've got my physio room next door.
1: <laughs> you have a proper setup there. If you've got a physio room, you've got the indoor gym, the outdoor gym, living the dream.
2: <laughs> just make, make it convenient.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will, have you got any questions to add in? from
0: a, like a non-CrossFit perspective? It's just it's just the whole mindset thing for me that's totally fascinating. Um, to do four lots of 90-minute training sessions a day, to put that into running isn't, I don't think is a thing, even when you're an ultra athlete. Like sure, you can go out, go out and rack up some miles and maybe do some other training, but I just, I find it so impressive how y- you can do that every day or at least most days a week and st- and still perform like your bounce back is is so quick. The whole thing of you doing the workout three times and getting better every time to me, totally blows my mind. So is it just, is it just to get good in this game? Just the utter consistency and desire every day to keep doing the same thing. Is that as, is that basically what it comes down to? Or do you think there is just some natural talent you can have as well?
2: Oh, like I, I, I don't, I don't believe I've, a lot of natural talent. Uh, I've definitely had to work really hard for for each movement. Uh, like it's it probably took me probably a lot longer than most athletes to to learn how to snatch, how to clean and jerk, um, to get the positions right. Um, like skipping took me over a year to get. Like I, I couldn't do double unders. Uh, <laughs> you know I didn't I didn't know a skipping rope until I was twenty four. So yeah, like uh, definitely I think it's just like just like you know you know with every session like you're you're getting better um whether it's just like last night at eight eight o'clock my partner was like oh i'm heading over to help one of the boys i was like well what am i gonna do so i was like i headed out into the gym and just did like a, a rehab recovery session so i sat in the c2 bike i did 20 minutes in zone two recovery because i knew that's gonna just benefit me in general and then i did like uh, three rounds of like a little rehab uh, circuit Um, just like shoulder rehab some like core activation stuff and just some like hip hamstring uh, glute stuff and I was like well this is going to get me better so instead of sitting on the sofa watching a movie I may as well go out and be productive and that was just like a little bit of a little bit extra so I don't know I just think every session you just set a goal for that session and what it's going to benefit you for and it's just quite easy to to commit to it then
0: Mm. well that's incredibly impressive yeah nice any more words of wisdom, Will? Words of wisdom? Have I ever had loads of words of wisdom? Yeah. The wordsmith. Occasionally a wordsmith. <laughs> I don't think so. We'll wind up there just because I'm very
1: conscious that we're an hour now and I don't mm-hmm. want people to have to listen to, for too long, listen to us rambling on. But um, yeah, thank you very much for, for coming on. And you should be getting some new products arrived tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Although I think the stuff over to you has been a bit slower than it is to the rest of the people in the UK.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's harder now to get get it in with like paperwork and stuff. We're yeah. having a nightmare getting. We're a nightmare getting anything in at the moment. Yeah. And I can't even get product from Southern Ireland, and it's only sixty minutes away from me.
1: Yeah, it's strange times, isn't it? Like, what's it, going over the border and stuff like that? It's fine.
2: Can yeah, you go over we we the border completely fine like i've uh, i have a guy helped me with weightlifting and stuff he's from the south like he just obviously we had to just like draft him up a letter just in case because there, there was like a soft border with police stopping but that's kind of a way and i it's getting a little bit more relaxed here at the minute but it was it was fairly strict there about six weeks ago
1: yeah yeah hopefully things will be back to normal within two months three months
2: no two months we want to compete in in person in three months. <laughs> okay, right.
1: yeah. We'll have to get you over to HQ come June when it finally opens. We'll sure. do a bit of training there. Hopefully we'll get a few more athletes down and we can have a bit of a throwdown with some sick athletes.
2: Definitely.
1: Do you know Will's running a marathon inside the gym when we launch, when we open? Just doing just doing laps in the gym. So laps around?
2: you am not even on a runner? I mean,
1: no, just laps. Oh, round and round. that's
2: miserable.
1: Will loves a good run.
2: Last ah, thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, if you love running, you would you should do the workout, Kelly. Oh, five Kelly? rounds, five rounds for time, four hundred meter run, thirty wall balls, thirty box jumps.
0: All right, I'll do that.
2: That'll sort you. Out. I'm ready. You seem like running after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
1: was the workout we did at Wit that time, Jackie? We did Jackie, Jackie at Wit. Honestly, watching some people do Jackie was hilarious. People going out on the row at like a one thirty-five, and I'm like,
2: yeah. "See
1: you in ten minutes, mate." You're <laughs> gonna be still on those pull-ups.
2: Yeah, I, I love whenever people say they love running, and then you say, "Oh, I've got a good workout for you." And they're like, "Oh, my legs didn't work." I was like, "Ah, oh, let's cross oh, it."
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember doing a workout. It was like five rounds of 400 meter run and 20 handstand push-ups. Ooh. And I remember coming back to do the handstand push-ups. And I was like, I'm gassed. And then I've got to try and go upside down and then try, why is breathing upside down di- different, like more different than standing up. <laughs> and then I did the handstand push-ups, and then went for a run and then my arms were just kind of flopping by my sides. And I thought, I didn't realize use my arms so much when I run and it's just, you can love running, but then incorporate it with like, even like balls, and all of a sudden your yeah, legs yeah. are starting yeah. to try and run and then you're running differently and then you're not as efficient. And then yeah, yeah, it's quite addictive, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs>
1: you got it all to look forward to, William. Can't wait. Sign me up. Is it even there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time.
0: Great to chat to you, Emma. All right. Good luck with the Open tomorrow.
2: And you? Thanks.
0: Yo, thank you, Pure Sport fan, for tuning in. As a valued listener, we'd like to
1: offer you a 20% discount code site-wide on puresportcbd.com. Use the code PROJECT20 to level up your life. If you like this podcast,
0: like, subscribe and share with your friends. And remember, no stress, stay blessed and we'll catch you next time.